1: thank you this morning. Come and speak to us. Come and bless us. Um, we are sitting under you. We ask that you release your spirit this morning uh, to come and quicken our heart and our souls and bring us into the fellowship of the things which you have to say to us this morning. Help me use my heart and my, my mind and my vessel to speak your word as you want it. To come this morning. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. James chapter 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 four. Thank you, Jesus. James 4, verse, uh, verse 7. It's okay, yeah. James 4, verse 7. Praise God. Say, says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Amen. Amen. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. And, and uh, verse 8 verse 8 says draw nigh to God thank you Father (coughs) and draw nigh to God and he will draw what draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you praise God so you see the drawing near this drawing near to God is the um, that's the Calling of Christianity, right, is coming. Um, actually, coming to God is the calling of us Christian. That's what, what um, the, we are called to. Our purpose is to is to come to Him. Amen. We seek Him so that we can come to Him. Praise God. Uh, we've seen from from Genesis that the the purpose of creation is for God to bring, raise men who can share in his fellowship. Praise God. Do you agree with that? Uh, so, but so, verse 8 here is saying uh, that you should draw near. So, coming near is very clear. That coming near to God is not the end of our journey, but this, what they're speaking about, nearness, here is not the um, end of the journey, but it's talking about a a marker or a position in the journey of the soul. So, there's actually a point where a soul becomes near to God. Praise God. So, there is uh, a place of nearness. And so, that that nearness is… he says, draw nigh, because calls it nigh, so King James Bible, what he's talking about, is a, it's a place of proximity, amen, so there is, means there is somewhere that is close to God, that his soul can arrive at, and then that place is nearness, and there's something about near this place, praise God, which he's speaking about, and he says, says, if you draw near to you, and, and if you draw near to God, sorry, and he will do what? Draw near to you. So, they, uh, So he's also talking about a point. is a place also in the spirit. When I say in the spirit, I mean in the cause of his soul, in the journey of his soul, where the... Is, so, he's talking about the meeting point. It's very clear. This is the meeting point of God and man. Are you seeing that? In, in the journey of a soul, and it's very clear with... We've done so much learning, If you be able to define that point, where the meeting point between man and, and God is. Where is that place? Is that, where is that? Christ, but it's the acceptable, what do, what do you call it? Peace, the place of peace, right? The place of acceptability, right? Uh is the, is the soul, and then is the, okay, fullness of fear, what else? Full certification. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> we said sanctification. Okay, not certification. Okay, praise God. So, full sanctification, where the soul is sanctified, right? So, um, so you can see in the, in the spiritual journey, the scripture defines that point. There's the true various means and wisdom in the Bible. It's very clear that there is a definition in this, the scripture, spiritually. Where the, which is the, the first meeting point, is the, is the place of encounter where man and God meet. That's the same, the parable of the sower is the same, is that, that gate or that door where, the, where the, the virgins got to and they could go no further. Praise God. So it's, the, it's very clear that the meeting point of man and God is the farthest that man can go without God. Do you see that? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, is that is that point of acceptability? Is the point of peace, which is when you look into the wisdom of the of the tabernacle or the design of the tabernacle? It's the place of the veil. Am I correct? It's the place of the that, that second veil. So the, there are two veils in the in the tabernacle. Praise God. Or the temple. There's the first veil, which is a, is a veil that man can cross without God. But the second veil is a veil that man cannot cross without God. Praise the Lord. So that the second veil is... Whenever you hear the veil in the Bible, it's always the second veil. They never call the first... Even though there's a first veil, but there's one veil. You see Hebrews, New Testament, they call it the veil, the veil, the veil. veil. It means that that one veil is greater than the other veil. And that's the, the real veil is the veil that separates man and God. Praise the Lord. So, the first veil just separates one image of man versus and another higher image. So, it's a veil that distinguishes between the separated man and the man that is moving into the school of sanctification. Praise God. But the, the second veil is that that's the ultimate veil that um, separates God and man. So that veil is the meeting point in the spirit. Praise God. So speaking concerning that point, you can, you can see that uh, verse 8 here is saying that the, that's the point where is it's the place where both God and man must journey to. You know God also takes journey too. And God's journey is not easy. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's not easy for God to leave his comfort and where he is, is a, is a sacrifice. The way you are making sacrifice, that's also the way God also makes, what, sacrifice. Praise God. So, I, so, so this um, journey they are speaking of here is, you, are, you push into nearness, but you're not only the one pushing. God also, from his own end, is also coming from where he is. And so as you are drawing... Uh, and God was, is also drawing near, and they are drawing close to a point, to the meeting point for the purpose of accepting a man or accepting a soul. So, the place where a man gets accepted by God is not in, at the destination of his soul, but when the soul gets appointed by God, when he has taken a journey to a place of peace with God. Praise the Lord. Is that very clear? It's very clear. So, so it says, draw near to God, and He will do what draw He will draw nigh to you. Praise God. And he's now going on and saying, cleanse your hand. So, these things that they are speaking about after this is trying to define your nearness. Am I am I correct? Your are why you smiling? You saw something in that verse. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, cleanse your hands, thank you Father. so cleanse your hands so he's, he's trying to de- to explain nearness right like that when he says draw near what at what point would they say that the soul has come near this soul now is now near to me' There's that, that point is first of all the first thing is talking about the cleansing of the hands praise God uh, cleanse your hands, ye sinners and then and then purify your hearts. Praise God, ye double-minded. So, so it's very clear that what constitutes nearness to God is what they call clean hand and pure heart. The is also spoke concerning that in Psalm chapter 24. Praise God. Amen. So it's two things that they mention here that constitutes a soul that is near to God. It's, so any, any soul that doesn't have clean hands and pure heart, if you don't have clean hands and a pure heart, you are not near yet. You still have a journey to take in coming near unto God. Praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, so you have to cleanse your hands. So the cleansing of the hands comes first before the, what, the purification of the heart. So, so it's, it's, it means that this a person who has come near to God has acquired two things that are precious in the spirit. And um, cleansing of the hands, like what do you feel cleansing of the hands is? true spiritual sense, there's a, there should be a sense of so a person that has clean hands who's a, a person whose hand is clean. Doesn't touch John Clinton. Um, is, that, is that, is that, check again, is that, uh, it's good you went to that scripture because of, that's. I feel there's an answer, the answer is there, but is that the, the real, uh, sorry? Huh? It again, nope. okay, yeah, that's that's 24. Okay, not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully. Praise God. Um, amen. Okay, okay, thank you, Father. Praise God. Um, I'm thinking about uh, the
2: scripture that we were looking at not long ago about filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Okay. I'm kind of connecting like hands to filthiness of the flesh and then heart to filthiness of the spirit because you're
1: explaining how like it's, this, it's the soul that that scripture is talking about but in terms of the layers one is upper, one is lower so I imagine that the hand and the mind be together, the, um, like the mind determining what you're doing outwardly, but then the heart is speaking more towards the depth of the conscience, okay. um, being purified, and those two things are not the same. Okay. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. So, oh, Awesome. I love that. Um, so, yes, that, that is, um, that's the, I'm matching I'm what you're saying with the sense that I'm seeing. so I'm, I'm, I'm also we're also bringing it together. Praise God. So that chapter 7, it was talking about purifying yourself from all the filthiness of the flesh, right, And, and of the spirit. Praise God. And then so when we were looking at that verse, the light that came to us was that filthiness of the flesh means filthiness that is more outward. And then there is, then filthiness of the spirit is filthiness that is more inward. Praise God, Amen. That is, that is, that is, uh, that's accurate. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so, if, um, if we want to apply that to chapter six, um, where it's it's unveiling, revealing the standard. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter six. Let's see. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter six. <clears throat> okay, so we are landed in First Corinthians. Glory to God, Amen. I want to greet Pastor Follering um, here. Thank you, sir. We, we missed him a little because he travelled so glad to have him and his wife back. Uh his wife divine. Hey, welcome back. <clears throat> Praise God. Uh, our second Corinthians chapter six, uh, verse seventeen it says that wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. That's the first promise. And then touch not the unclean thing and and I will receive you. So and it's very clear that this point of Receiving is at, the, is at the meeting point of acceptability. So, so it says touching not the unclean thing is the standard for, for being received. Praise God. Now, if touching not the unclean thing, not touching the unclean thing is the standard for, for being received, it means that having clean hands is has to be a lower standard. Because someone can have clean hands. And when you let him let set him loose, he goes to touch the unclean again. The, are you seeing that? So are you see, are you understanding that? So so touching not the unclean is a is a higher standard, is a higher place, a, a state of a soul who no longer touches on clean things is a higher state than somebody whose hand has just been, who has just been cleans. You see that? So if it's, if the cleaning the hands, it's a lower standard. It means that having clean hand is separation. Are you, seeing, are you seeing that? Having clean hands is what? Is separation. That to separate a, a soul is to clean their hands. Even though you have not dealt with the tendency to, to touch uncleanness, but you've just removed them far away from uncleanness. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, that is what separation is. So, uh, and I, I feel that maybe the light to see this, you have to, you have to understand the Levitical life, know what they, who are Levites, right? So, Levites are people who, whose hands have been cleaned, cleaned or who have clean hands. You see that? Why? Because they, by virtue of their separation, they have been positioned in such a way that they, they, they've gained distance from the, from the works. They, you've separated the works, what they do with their hands. So if it's very clear what they, how they separated the Levite is through their occupation. That the separation of the Levite is a separation of occupation. Like, occupation means what you are occupied with, what your hand is constantly doing. Praise God. So the, the average, the normal Israelite has... And has an occupation in, in that is mixed with uncleanness. So, the, the the normal Israelite is also is laboring, but without consciousness of the tabernacle of God, of the temple of God, or of the standards of God. So, because of that, is close to what? Clean things. So it means that when the normal Israelite is doing, walking every day and that's why they have to come constantly to give their sacrifice because maybe throughout the year they accumulate uncleanness and that uncleanness is just by virtues intertwined with their kind of life right? and which is a life that doesn't have consciousness of the service of God. Praise the Lord. So that's the the Levites they constantly live without consciousness. So it's very clear that what gives what causes uncleanness is occupation without the consciousness of the service of God. Because when it's the consciousness of the service of God that imports the standard. So if you are not conscious of God's service, then you will you will you will you will pick up occupation. But you'll be doing occupation void of setting standard which, which arises to what God, you know, what God approves. Are you saying that? So, the, and and you understand that the the Israelite who is not separated, they have, they don't have with them the they don't have with them the image of God's standard. There's a there's a blindness, it's almost like once they turn away. They forget. You know, after they do their sacrifice and everything, when they are there in the temple, they can feel very holy. They hallow the life of the temple. Wow, this is an awesome life, beautiful life. God is here. We can see him. We can sight maybe the glory from far. And But once they turn away from the temple, what happens? The, the consciousness of, of the standard, the life, the purification of God leaves them. Praise the Lord. And so... Um, because of that, they go back to the, when they go back to the occupation, it's not possible to be occupied on the earth. It's not possible for you to pick an occupation on the earth without soiling your hand. I mean, without instruction of God's standard and God's service. Are you seeing that? So once they turn away from the tabernacle and they begin to pick occupation, even they are as innocent as famine is, just farming, trading, going to market, coming back, doing all their normal livelihood. They will do that, but in, their, in that traffic, they cannot avoid uncleanness because of the prevailing spirit that dictates the, such transactions between men. Are you seeing that? So you can, you can see that cleanness, when it comes to the cleanliness or uncleanness of hand is tied to occupation. That's what hand means. Hand means, I would say, whatever your hand findeth to do. means that hand is, is, a, is, a, is like a metaphor, something that symbolizes what a person is being occupied by. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, so the work of separation, when you... When they separate a Levite and they bring a Levite out, come, it says, come out from among them and be ye what? And be ye separate, saith the Lord. When you separate a Levite to the tabernacle, you put them in a place where you 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 haven't you haven't transformed their inward tendency and appetite, but you've changed their occupation. Do you understand what I'm saying? You change that word occupation. Now, of course, um, when it comes to a Christian like you and I, changing your occupation, you see everything to you is inward. But so you cannot say that you need to now stop going to work. Praise God, or you need to resign from your job. Why? Because you saw And then you need to come around. Thank God, we don't have any temple here. Praise God. If you come here on a Monday morning, you will not see, praise God, you might not see other that guy, I don't know who you might meet here, you might meet, <laughs> so thank God we don't have physical tempo, so it's very clear to you that I'm not saying you should leave your job and resign, because there's no, nothing for you to do, you have to go to work, praise God, <laughs> so, for, but for you, so it means that your soul has hand and your soul has heart. That's the, everything has to do with your soul. Praise the Lord. Your soul has hand, and your soul has heart. So it means that the, the soul also has occupation. As someone is living on the earth, they are, they are peak occupation. First of all, occupation is first of all inward, before it is outward. Now, but somebody, the soul is very, very powerful. The soul is too powerful the soul can take an outward occupation and draw it inward and begin to do it. you get what I'm saying so so any occupation on the earth can be spirit once spirit just can just, we just pour we just pour oil on it once they pour the reason for putting oil and spirit in places of occupation is so that souls can take it is to, to they will make every no place of just normal physical occupation on the earth that is that is free. There is no occupation on the earth that can also that can't also occupy the soul. Wow. You say that anything that anybody's hands can find to do, if they're not careful, their soul can also take it too <laughs> as an occupation. And they can some can even live there. Some people can move into an office. When the CEO goes home, they still, they are still there. And even if you you bring them out by force and take them, you have to go home they will leave their soul in the office and just their body can go and sleep and come back. That's how powerful the soul is. You understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, so when, it, when it comes to, to occupation, so one thing is very clear that any soul that has an earthly occupation can never be clean. The hand of a soul that if for, for your soul to be clean, you must drop your occupation, what I mean is that, if you've taken an occupation before, on the earth, maybe an, it's tied to your career or something, because sometimes that might not be someone's occupation, right? Somebody could be a full-time engineer, but their occupation in their soul is traveling. <laughs> <laughs> that's their. When it comes, to, that's the, their. The soul refuses to take engineering. I don't like it. I just want send my paycheck. I would do whatever you want, Monday to Friday. That's all but you now check that they didn't take that occupation into their soul, but they could have taken something else still on the earth. Praise God. There's someone who can be a nurse, but inside her soul, she's a food blogger. But she doesn't have a, a blogging account, but she just took that as an occupation. That, that this thing, I want to... Are you getting what I'm trying to say? <laughs> you get my sense? or You don't understand what I'm trying to say? We all understand it. Aha, uh-huh, okay. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Praise God. So, so what, we are, what we are targeting here is, the, is not, not, I'm not targeting your job. Although, there are some of us who it's possible that your job could be your occupation too, which is also problematic. Now, as a Christian, you are not, your soul is not allowed to take any occupation on the earth, you are not allowed, you are not permitted. You are not permitted, because the, you have been bought with, and you have been bought and you have been been brought into a profession. You have been made a professional, or you have, been made, you' have been made a professional of another vocation that is not of the earth. So as a Christian, you are not permitted to take any profession on the earth. Your soul is not allowed to take it. You can walk, your body can walk. You can, when I say your body, your body also includes your brain function. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then your soul can allow your body. Okay, think these things now. It's time to think. When it's time to go? And I'm, I'm, not meaning, I'm not telling you now to be absent-minded at work. you get what I'm saying? You say, I know, it's just my body that's here. You know? when, <laughs> when, you, when you are in a meeting and they are talking things, say, so, you no, know, it's just my... Say, Kala, para, para, blessed is the man who... Seated. In the council. Praise God. Don't do that. If you do that, you're being unfaithful. You're being unfaithful. You shouldn't do that. Your brain can, do, can handle your job. And there will and be a time your, your soul, your spiritual mind, can release your brain to do your work for some hours of the day. And there's sometimes that's, that spiritual mind should still be in, be in control. Sometimes you might be at work and your spiritual mind can say, hey, let's borrow some, to borrow some time because that vocation is, is more, it should be subservient to the spiritual mind. The spiritual mind should be able to come into that, that job and still, you know what I mean, it still require some time from there because one of them must be governing the other. And you can never do 50-50. It's not, you can't balance it. Say, God, your time is from this time to this time. The other time it belongs to my world. My. You can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. The, you must put one as a, as a governor. Because if you try to do that, you'll not find that somehow the other one is leading. One must lead. You can't, are you getting what I'm saying? So, so, so your, your, your spiritual mind must, must be the governor of your of your, your, your natural mind, praise the Lord, and is the one who should dictate, dictate your occupation, praise God. So I'm not advocating absent-mindedness or sloppiness in your earthly vocation or occupation, praise God. But what I'm trying to say to you is that if you are not careful, that earthly vocation can, can become the vocation of your soul are you getting what I'm saying? And it's not so. No, no employer can pay for the usage of your soul. Even if you feel they pay you so much, they are still cheating you. They don't know the value of your soul. So if you give your soul to an employer on the earth and you're using the. They are, you are being used. You're being abused. They cannot pay for the resource of pouring your soul's energy into a cause. And. They don't have the right. Heaven doesn't give any employer the right to demand that. But some of them do. Especially the ones who are, who are, who are anointed by spirits. You no, know, it's not every boss. All bosses are different. There are bosses who he himself he has other. His life is somewhere else. He, himself, he doesn't expect you. So you, you know, we know what we're here to do. Let's do it and leave this place. But there are some who are anointed by spirits. And they have also taken into profession and they want you to. When you are walking and your soul, they, can, they have eyes, they can see that why is only mine showing up? I want to see so. Because they've been anointed by the enemy. Over time, that can happen. And if you have such a boss, God has to help you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. Um, so, all, the, all these things, are, these are wisdoms, right? These, are, these things I'm saying are true. That's how the world is. This is how life is. This is just truth. So, but... You can live as a Christian, if you are ignorant of these things, you will be failing. You will be failing, you will be falling, you will find that you are trying to serve God, but you can't. There will always be conflict, you don't, but you might not understand why. Praise the Lord. That's why, I say thank God for the scripture.
0: Yes.
1: Praise the Lord. So, so, you need to live with the, the wisdom of these things. Praise God. So, back to the standard. So, it says you should come out from among them. It's a, it's a command. It's a it's a command, or I'll call it more of a promise. Because chapter 7 says, therefore, having these promises. So their promise is that if you can fulfill this thing, then you gain access into the promises of God. Praise the Lord. So, so I said separation is the cleaning of what? It's the cleaning of the hands. But after the hand is clean. And then the soul has become separated. That soul is still not near to God. Do you see that? Is because coming near to God is a is a more it takes you you must you must pick up the more spiritual end of your profession. <laughs> Do you see that? You must pick up what the there's a more there is a more spiritual. Aspect, the more spiritual aspect. That after you have measured separation, now who are those who have measured separation? It's very clear. Those who measure separation, how it manifests is in what you mind. That's where, in terms of your soul, separation of the soul is manifested in what your mind, in your occupation. See, occupation, yeah. occupation. Yeah. occupation. Uh-huh. So, so there are those people whose. Who mind things? Who's God at their belly? Who are enemies of the cross of Christ? Praise the Lord. Those are people who haven't, they haven't fulfilled any of the standard of coming to God. But a soul that has been separate, the sign of a separated soul, like I said before, is the soul has learned not to mind earthly things, but to mind. That word mind, I'm talking about your spiritual mind. We spoke about the spiritual mind. That, that, that The spiritual mind can mind earthly things. But a soul that has been separated is when the spiritual mind has been tuned not to mind earthly things, but to what? Mind heavenly things. Heavenly, Your spiritual mind, mind heavenly things. Now, what is, that? What is the spiritual mind? The spiritual mind is the aspect of your mind that interfaces with spiritual impulse. Praise God. When a person, when the, when the physical mind, when the physical mind is thinking about, wow, this is a nice position, this, ni- this would be a very nice promotion, that's, the, that's the, your natural mind, physical, outward mind, wow, this is a very nice p- position, ah, in this position I can learn this, I can learn that, we can, I can gain access to add contribution in this kind of way, that's the natural mind talking. Then, as the not the physical, the outward mind is processing that, then the spiritual mind is processing the glory attached to it. Mm. That is, those are the kind of. Are you seeing the difference? So, so that so that promotion, that position, the aspects to it, is not really about. When you are getting promoted, Satan can organize a promotion for you. Hey, why am I saying all these things? I'm not. trying. Praise God. (laughs) Before before you guys start calling this promotion, I'm not too sure. Is (laughs) it praise God? (laughs) Amen. It's true. And you can't live on the earth without such things. And when they are organizing it, Satan God will not stop them. Because your your soul must overcome such things. And to overcome it you must be exposed to such things. Praise God. So, so when it's coming, the, the, the natural mind is processing one side of it because there are some things that the natural mind cannot handle. Cannot, the, are you getting what I'm saying? Because the natural mind is limited. It's limited. It's like I said before, we're teaching about it. It's, there's a slowness to it, it's, it cannot process quick things. Things like glory is too quick, it's too fast. Can you think consciously about glory? You can't. Try to, when you try to, it will be sleeping. You can't. It's hard for the physical mind to think about glory. But there's, some, there's somewhere inside where you can handle it and feel it. It will be lodged somewhere. You can sense the, the impulses of that thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a, it's a spiritual aspect of your mind that is able to, to to and that spiritual mind he can, he can, the spiritual mind can look at two glories. He can measure them, he can break them down. He can he can have conversation about glory, and then it will instruct your your this mind tells you, "This is, choose this one, take this one here, take the other one." Do you get what I'm saying? And sometimes you just like one. You don't know why you like it. It will take light. Unless someone that has light can help you see. Oh, this is why I used to like that thing so much. Because the mind that was processing it is is, is quicker. It can handle... It's not just logic. It's more... It can... can, When a spirit brings an impulse, there's a part of you that can capture what the spirit brings and can make a decision based on that. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So... You see, that that spiritual mind, so it, it's very clear, you see the temptation of Jesus, that that was a, a, a spiritual temptation. In fact, when you think logically, there's nothing wrong with most of the things that Satan said, the devil, God said, sorry, the Satan was telling Jesus to do. Many, most of the things, turn stone to bread, what's wrong with that? Someone who is just thinking logic can easily do it. It's not just to start, I'm hungry, what's the problem? I've, I've actually finished fasting, my fasting has ended, so what's, What's the point? You get what I'm saying? And you might think that, ah, it's because the guy who was telling him to do it is the guy with horns. No, no, that's not how it happened. Those were thoughts. Those were thoughts that just came to him. So for someone who is unlearned spiritually, you are hungry, you finish fasting. How many days? And it just, it's, why not just turn this stone to bread? You can easily do it because It's logical. Are you getting what I'm saying? But Jesus was enlightened inside. More in that, you know, there's something about doing this now that makes it wrong. He could, he could sense where the impulse of that, that suggestion was coming from. Are you getting, get, I want to, they want to move us to another level. It's a, this is, their holiness is. So they want, to not, they want to bring you to the dimension and the conversation of that holiness without which no man can see God. They follow peace with all men and holiness without which is there's a, there's a higher standard of holiness. It's not just the holiness of your logical mind because that can fail. It cannot. It can. It will all. This logical mind can easily agree with spirits from hell. Those, those gates of hell, they are, they are preachers. Who, and when they teach, their logics are sound, clean. It, it, everything will just add up. They know how to produce situations, scenarios, circumstances that the logical mind can approve. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it means a Christian must have attained sanctification, right? Sanctification. But that sanctification is (coughs) a sanctification with greater knowledge, (coughs) higher knowledge. Thank you, Jesus. praise God, with greater knowledge, greater wisdom, and and greater discernment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, the soul (coughs) itself has hands. And I said, the hand of the soul is in the mind of the soul. Yes. The hand of the soul is in where, in the mind of the soul. Do you agree? Yes. So, the mind of the soul is not the natural, outward, logical mind. You see that inward mind I was talking about. That what I've, all I've been describing now is the hand of the soul. I've not spoken about the heart of the soul. Right. So, I just want to. Sh- I'm going to show you the spirituality of the hand of the soul that's why it is it is spiritual that's why it can the soul can do things and it's quick the the work of the soul the work of the soul's hand are faster than the work of the of the outward mind and the physical hand someone can be sitting down here and his soul has just done a walk. you just here in just in a short time in a short time something you just put down some things, maybe some some agreement, settlement, some things that are not finished before you came this morning. Someone can finish them as they are sitting down. <laughs> That's the nature of the soul. Then they will just get up from here and go and do something physically. But it has already been done on the inside. Are you getting what I'm saying? So so talking about the, that hand, So, so separation is... The cleaning of the hand of the soul is actually the cleaning of the deeds of the spiritual mind. Mm. The, the, you have to, and also that is done by changing its profession. Yes, sir. So changing the profession or changing the meditation of the spiritual mind is what you call sanctification. And that can never be done without the word of righteousness. It's the word of righteousness that does that. So, the word of righteousness word. the righteousness. word of righteousness the word of righteousness is the is the is the is the bringing of another profession It's the bringing of another word profession, profession. what is another profession is another set of things to mind okay. to mind so so it's very clear that they can because of what the soul minds what the soul, because of what the soul minds, the soul can, can move in position, because of what you are, you are minding. Minding something can shift you. Now, it doesn't mean that what you've been shifted from you overcome it. You see, are you seeing glories before they can make the soul overcome the glories of the earth. You can't just do that initially. You must give the soul distance from those glories first. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's the the first thing that the word of righteousness begins to do. The word of righteousness, first of all, doesn't first of all empower you to hate the glory of the world. You can't hate, those things are too, they are too beautiful they are too alluring, they are too powerful, and they are too anointed for a soul to just hate like that. Before they begin to teach the hatred, the, the dealings that, that produce hatred, to, that hatred is also bitterness to make it taste, what was sweet before, make it taste bitter to you. They are dealings. Those are the dealings of sanctification to bring a soul to that place. Are you getting what I'm saying? But before a soul will go through that, the soul must have med- You must measure. They can't. You can't sanctify a soul that is waking up and sleeping in the vicinity of worldly glories. It's, very, it's going to be very. You cannot. The soul cannot. The same way you cannot teach. You cannot teach a child in the playground. You know when they are throwing some assault and everything. You now open A for apple. You can can't. You can't do, the child is hanging. Man, his leg is upstairs and his head is down. How is he going to be learning? You have to be able to bring separation from the toys. Let them and you must hide them. If you don't hide it, as you are talking, the attention is calling it's calling the child's attention. You cannot settle down and impart knowledge to a child in the where in the pilgrims. Separation must happen. Do you see what I'm saying? These are you must they have to give us wisdom to open up the the inward ministry of the word of righteousness is more than come to meeting and go home. There are things, man. Are, your soul must be going through different seasons. And there's no way to understand this. These things, this scripture, The scripture, these are secrets. They are encoded in the Bible. These are the secrets of how to get to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And these are the, these are the things that spirits have sworn that men must never know these things. That they say even when the Bible is taught, let it be taught with a certain way. Let the people who are here, may they not have the patience to, to see the wisdom of their journey. May there be fanfare and distractions and many things because it takes patience. Praise the Lord. It takes patience. A lot of patience. Like, like the things I'm saying to you, if you're not patient enough, it won't, you won't understand them. You might be like, oh, wow, it makes sense. But when you leave here, you forget them. You won't hold, because these are slippery things. That Jesus was describing the seed of the kingdom. That the fact that you, have, you are casting seed doesn't mean that you have done too much. It, 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 there are many things that that seed depends upon. Even the one that finally gains ground brings forth in levels. Some 30, some 60. Some hundred. But before that one even got there, things happened. There are are some that are like wayside. Some souls can be sitting down and it's just a wayside. Souls are different. Not everybody who is sitting is at the same, sitting with the same inward configuration. Some are stony. Some are like wayside. Some have other things and things and all the things, they call them the cares of this world and the the deceitfulness of riches. They would choke the seed, even though the seed entered. Ah, this thing entered, though. I understood it. I got what you said, sir. What about there? there might be other things? If there are other things there, they can choke the word and it won't come up. It will not germinate and it will not grow. There are some might even germinate, but those other things will overtake it and, and kill it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so th- these, these things that are being said, so for a soul to come to... it is see this drawing near to God. To come, to come near to God. There's a lot of... There are things that must be in place. Our Satan has invested so much. He has known for a long time that people like you are coming. He knows that he can't keep it close forever. That there will be a time... It's time to reveal these things. But... He has to make sure that the world is structured in such a way that the souls are. You get what I'm saying? How, how long did it take to make a, a person's heart a highway? And how, how long did it take to make a person's heart a stony ground? And how long did it take to plant the Tars and the weed and all of those things that would choke you. It took time. It means that before the seed came, somebody has been walking. Oh. Nobody's heart is just fresh like that. Somebody has been walking, has been walking, has been walking, has been walking. So that when the seed comes, what will happen? There will always be a problem. But you will not have a problem in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will increase your. Ability to receive, to retain. Receive, to retain, to keep it. And then to nurture, to nurture the seed of God's word until it's, praise God. You have a question? Okay. Okay, yes, please. Yes. 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 Mean
0: that
1: near to God? Yes. So, um, so I said because someone is separated doesn't mean, does it
0: mean they, are that
1: they are near to God, yes. They are near to God, yes. Mm. So yeah. um okay. So so then <laughs> then you went on to say that um cleaning of the souls. Mm. So I was thinking that cleaning of hands is the same thing as Separation, we are not yet yet, near to the God. The cleaning of the hands. Yeah. Yes, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But and you said you so, are but not. Yet. It's not the same thing as he who. Uh, so the cleaning of the hands mm. results in who has a clean hand. But it's not the same thing as he who no longer touches the unclean. Yes. Mm. Yeah, for them to get to that point where they yes. are drawing near to God, there has to be a change of profession. Yes, first. First. So. <laughs> There has to be a change of profession first. Mm-hmm. Then the soul has to excel in the profession. Okay. The soul has to settle in the profession. That profession is a school of learning. Mm-hmm. And where the school wants to bring the soul into is to the point where it no longer touches the unclean thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you see that? Which is a higher state. ...than having clean hands. Does that make sense? You see it? So, a soul that touches the unclean thing... ...is a a more inward weakness... ...that makes them touch the unclean thing. So if you only clean the hand... ...and not deal with that weakness... ...that if you... ...when they have the opportunity... So, so, when you've cleaned the soul, God will look and say, you are still not at peace with me. Mm. You are still not yet at peace. I can't still accept you yet. Because God can see. He, he, he sees on the inward. He tried the heart. Tried the God can see the secret things of men. The secret of the men. The inward. A discerner of the, not just the thought the, there the intent. The intent is the deeper than the thought of the heart. That thought is talking about the spiritual mind. So so when it's say thought of the heart, it's talking about the the product of the what the spiritual mind is doing. So it's not just your it's not the thought of the mind. That's the outward one. But that's not what God discerns. That God, he's a discerner of of the thought. That's the first level. Then the intent. The intent is of the heart; is deeper than the thought of the heart. It is the intent of the heart that instruct, makes the soul able to touch the unclean thing. Intent means intent; just means the root of thought. What is generating the thought is the intent; is the deeper part of the heart. And and to deal with the intents of men is very difficult. That's the reason for Zion. Zion is a mountain. Too, that can deal with the intents of what? Right. Of the hearts of men. Praise God. Does, does this make sense? Do you agree with what I just said? Yes, Praise God. So what I was trying to describe was that um, separation, right? That, that separation is removing the soul from... The vicinity of the of things that are unclean. They must first of all remove the soul. That's the first. When you check your journey in Word of Righteousness, you see that's the first thing that happened to you. The first thing that happened to you is not. They won't first deal with that. It's that love of some things, it can it can still be. It's hard to deal with that one. To dry up the love, to make it bitter. What was sweet before, to make it bitter, is more difficult. But first, they can. Shift your inward occupation, means what you are inwardly occupied with. So, when they do that, the reason for doing that is to make it such that those things will not easily appear to you. Praise God. So, it is for, look at Jesus' temptation, for example. It took him for, first of all, you have to see the Holy Spirit was, was, was the one controlling the whole of the dealings, everything about Jesus, those temptations. He wasn't just exposed to Satan anyhow. It was the Spirit. The Bible says that, you know, that was after his baptism and everything, that he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So they, they gave the devil the freedom to Bring some kind of temptation. He took him up to a high mountain, and then he showed him the kingdom of the world and their glory. It means that the kingdom of the world and their glory is not something Jesus was seeing every day, constantly. Does that make any sense to you? Yes, sir. If if they made Jesus be seeing the kingdom of the world and the glory every single day, he would never grow. It would be difficult to create a school in such an environment you can't, it's not, it's not easy to, to create a world, a school where, the same way that if you left Israel in Egypt, there can never be tabernacle, there can never be, how would you do it, you can never, a priesthood can never emerge, you can never separate liver, you can never, it can never happen. How long was Goshen? There was never a temple. You have to bring them out. Send them into the wilderness. Do you see that? Is in the Old Testament there are different the 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 Scripture Holy Ghost is is, is 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 not complex but it's sophisticated. He it can he can impose a metaphor upon another metaphor. So one metaphor can be pregnant with another one. You see, when you look at the tabernacle, the outer court, and everything. It's, also, it's a metaphor of the journey of the soul. But when you zoom out and start from Egypt and look at the entire journey to the promised land, it's, it's also a metaphor of the journey. In which, in which case, entrance into the wilderness is some sort of, or leaving the wilderness is some sort of, it's what you call Separation. Do you see that? Yes, sir. You, see, you see two veils there. You see the, the Red Sea as one veil. <laughs> then you see Jordan is the final veil yeah. before wow. the promised land. Wow. Are you getting what I'm saying? This, that's, just, that's the picture. Even when you look at the land, the land is according to the terrain of, of journey. The kind of nations around the, before Jordan, praise the Lord. Ah, they're not ordinary nations. They are nations of giants. In fact, it had to take a, it had to take most holy revelation or most holy wisdom, which is the wisdom of the ark, to part Jordan, praise the Lord, for them to pass through. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So, so my, my point is that in Egypt, that in Egypt, God had to go and tell, raise Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may come and serve me. They may come. Coming was happen. They have to shift. That coming means separation. You have to move them. So, it, because it's difficult for Israel to be seeing the glory of Egypt. Even in, You know that one of the main problems with Israel in Egypt was their occupation. That was what God had a problem with, and that king who was a kind of a god at that time, Satan anointed him, so he knows what to do to Israel to make them useless. He he knows that the secret of these people is that it's their occupation. Their occupation is, is the service which they ought to give to their god. So the spirit against their destiny anointed Pharaoh to occupy them. That them being free was painful to him. He was insecure. So he made them be Purcuses of water, hears of wood, and all of that constantly, constantly. Because if they are doing that, they can never, you know, harm. Uh-huh. Praise God. Are you getting my point? So, so separation um, in the in the world of righteousness. Yes. Okay. Is there a question? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Sanctification.
2: And can you use the wilderness promised land to kind of, that metaphor, to also describe it somewhere? Okay,
1: okay. Praise God. So, um, the way the scripture is written, it seems to me that crossing the Red Sea is crossing the first veil. Hmm. Do you see that? Because it's not just that they left Egypt and then right there. They, no, no, they journeyed first. They had journey and journey till they got to the Red Sea. There was, also, there was already a journey before the Red Sea, but the journey before, to the Red Sea didn't involve dealings. There's not too much. They didn't write too much about it because too much dealing happened there. They've not begun they to, to do what? Praise God. They've not. They've not yet brought the baptism into fire, which is the the, the to deal with their loves. Yeah. They didn't talk about what, they, what love, they love. In fact, did not manifest yeah. until it was time to cross over to the when they got to that first veil. That's when you saw these guys. Initially, they were happy. Ah, you've delivered us. Now we're talking about the the levitical attitude. Yeah. They are dancing. They enter into his gate with thanksgiving, into his court with praise. Praise the Lord. That that place of the Levitical life is an awesome place. It's a a beautiful place. When you look back, at that point, when they were before the Red Sea, when they look back at Egypt, they just raised their hand. Jehovah, finally. All that has been written concerning us, delivering us, you have done it. They worship God. Ah, you mean we we are free from this evil Pharaoh? They were happy until they jammed what? Red Sea. Uh-huh. So, it, so it's very clear that at the point of the Red Sea, that was where the first question of faith came. Because that's the point of the where you, the foundation of Zion is laid. That's the, Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the, there becomes a requirement. Say, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation. a stone. We saw that that stone is 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 faith. Are you seeing that? I don't know if that makes some sense. Yes, Amen. But, to, but to, to expose that, first of all, separation. I just want to say one thing more about separation. It's, it's key to understand the importance of separation. Praise God. I guess separation primarily, separation primarily is the changing of inward occupation is the changing of the occupation of the inward mind of the spiritual mind what is your spiritual mind occupied with right and i said that one of the main things that they occupy spiritual mind with are glories right it's, it makes the the it makes that's the you see glory your, you see glory pride statuses are you seeing that glory, pride, statuses, then, in fact, if I want to, you want to really understand it, you have to, you have to it is, you can, what they the occupy the spiritual mind with, you have to, the scripture actually broke them down into lusts and pride. Do you see that? There are lots of diverse kinds. You have, the, of course, loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, but they are divers, kind of lost. And then the pride. So those are the, the things which that's the spiritual mind is alive to. When you're just talking about something to a person, it's someone who, who hasn't gained separation, they are, they are alive to the glory of it. Before you even mention, they can already see all the, they will see the glory. It can, the, what you are saying will talk to the, the, the installation of that particular lust for that thing inside of them, it will awaken. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when a soul begins to hear the word of righteousness, it's, it begins to, that's one thing that it happens to, they shift the occupation of the mind such so that sometimes there's some glory. After a while, it will be hard for you to see some glory. You might need to really sit down and say, oh, there's actually a glory here, I don't know if you're getting any sense. uh, You don't understand me. There are some some glories that attract you before. You stop feeling the pull of those glory, not because you overcome them, but because of your separation. The occupation of your mind has changed. You've gotten occupied by something else. So how do they change the occupation? Is they bring the perception of the glory of the New Testament. Right, the, you, ha, you still have the oh, candy shop experience of the tabernacle. Wow, this place, is, this is glory. You, you, it, you, are, you are captivated by a different kind of glory. Even though it's still ahead, it's still far away, but you come into the consciousness of another glory. That's the beginning of the ministry of the word of righteousness. The moment your mind can begin to see glory in the New Testament. It's not easy to see glory in the New Testament. Most Christians don't see glory. This thing is just a way to, to escape hell, man. As long as I'm not going to hell. That's all. I'm okay. They just the this, That hell will not be too good, man. But let's all just do what it takes. Most Christians don't find glory in Christianity. They don't see. It's not, it's not glorious. It's not beautiful. It's not. They don't see the glory of it. They don't see the glory of sanctification. The glory of consecration. The glory of God. Sharing the glory of God is not glorious to them. The thoughts of God are not glorious to a lot of Christians. why? Because of that Because separation hasn't happened. A sign of a soul that is separated is they, is they, they begin to you can now see the glory of Second of Corinthians chapter three when he was describing the glory of the New Testament, of the ministry of the Spirit. Ah, it will become something, being spiritual will become something that you feel, if I can get this thing, it won't be bad on the earth. This spiritual life is, an, is an, you see, it's another kind of life that will not appeal to you. It's an appeal. Separation is an, another kind of appeal that's contrary to all the appeals of the world. It's, it's a strange thing. You, you won't know how strange you are until you talk with somebody who is, who is okay, who is normal on the earth and you know most of the time when, when you talk with somebody you hide your profession. You don't really talk about your. there's the way you have skill. You have skill to you can just act like you are them. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> but if if they're able to see your actual profession like what you actually what things you mind? It's strange. It's, you don't know how strange it is. The New Testament is strange. But the reason why you can carry a strange thing and you are pursuing it is because there's a glory of it which you see. You might not understand. You have seen something. There's a glory of the testament that your heart has seen. You might not even your conscious mind, like I said before, is not quick enough to conceptualize what have you seen that's making you follow it. You don't know. If you try to see, reason it out, it might not make sense to you. But there's another mind you have that mercy has touched to, to see this, uh, that there is a glory. Now this, when you look at the other, like, ah, this, one, this is this better. It's better. It's better. Thank you. This is a tongue. Let's see. It's a tongue, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Where's the mic? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
2: A catalia da boshi tabagadosso pate veneta fracasatali bogoshi patelia manate gassifre pati latte gasse pate benosti prete perfi catalia nosso potali catalia da boshta vratte petelia barabarabazata tali mecatelia gadoshta brateti vraposu conti latila bragatoli megabedoshta braba baba banate ventia la bosonte. Breketi, brepeti, brepeti, me preti, peti, peti, am akto so pali ana Vrata talio nso pani gadivra nge gadeg doshta. Li brete ni brete li brete li brete 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 brete. make a bread. I run to bread. I run to bread. I run to bread. I bring bread. Bread of my glory. Bread of my glory. The bread of my glory. The bread of my. My glory. For man was made a glorious being. Man was made to conform into my glory. And other glories have taken. But my glory is higher and I'm bringing the breath of my glory. I am bringing breath of my glory. I am bringing breath of my glory. Yet it may not appear. Yet it may not be clear. But I have said that the part of the righteous man, it shines brighter and brighter. The more you journey, the more you come, it will get clearer. It will get clearer. I have come to show you my glory yet again. I have come to unveil glory, for this is your destination. It is your destination, for I made man to be a being of glory. I made man to be a being of glory. You have yet been enticed with false glories, but yet the true glory shines. I, I am shining. I am shining. I am showing my glory. I am showing my glory. Do not be discouraged. Do not be weary, for I am yet quickening you. I am quickening you. That you will be quick. You will be quick and you will judge glories. I am bringing judgment. I am giving judgment. I am giving judgment. You will become quicker than you think. You will become quicker than you know. You will judge glories and you will select my glory. I have come to give judgment. Judgment. Judgment that you will be quick to judge. Thank you,
1: Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you. Praise God the ministry of the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, calls it the ministration of glory. It means that every aspect of it has glory. You cannot, you cannot minister it by, by the Spirit without the ministry. That's why we shouldn't joke with the ministry of the Spirit. We shouldn't be careless with the ministry of the Spirit. There are some times that it, 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 it's a ministration that, it's not every ministration that comes to just to give you logical understanding. When you are under, that's why sometimes meetings, there are things about meetings. It's not just, uh, okay, this point, one point, two point, three point, four, and then I got five points. It's more than that. You don't understand what's happening. Sometimes they can, the purpose of administration could be to to carve a, uh, to carve maybe a taste of, a glorious taste of the ministry. Somewhere in your heart, it, it might not be something that's speaking to your logic at a particular point. Sometimes they can do that more. They can minister first to your, as long as you open up your mind, they will minister to your spiritual sense. Praise God. And, and there are some times when you need your spiritual sense to keep you going. Yeah, because, in the, because it's, not, it's not everything on the path in the New Testament that will appeal to you logically. There'll be many times when things will not make logical sense to you. But that is not what God God doesn't depend on your logic to to lead you. God God depends on something deeper on the inside of you. So sometimes when they are ministering the word, a lot of time they are putting investment on that that inward mind. That that, that thing that will tell you, this is the this is the way you say you hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way that that voice to me is not the Holy Spirit. there's an, another inward voice that's an that installation. There's something that can... You know, glory, voice comes out of glory. Anytime glory is a speaker, glory is a preacher. Every yeah. glory preaches. Yeah. When somebody that has glory of the earth comes, they will just be talking to you. See, if a guy who is worth 50, mercy, 500 million or something comes around and you just, ah, oh, you mean is that guy? Oh, That's the guy that owns that. Uh, yes, so ah, he's the one who... It will just be as he's, and you're looking at him. Things will just be happening in your mind. Ah. A, what is that? Glory. Who's talking to you? Glory. <laughs> so, so it's like glory doesn't stay without talking. Yes, glory is, it emits conversation. You just see someone with glory will just appear at that at that point. He's talking to everybody. Yeah. Administration. is just everyone is picking their own thought out of his presence. Are you get what I'm saying? Is glory speaks. That's how glory is. That's why glory is powerful. That's why you can That's why the New Testament is too powerful. Too powerful. Once once don't show, don't allow a soul to see the glory of it. Once a soul has seen it, ah, for life. For life. For, for life. You, you've seen something that will be talking to you. Even, even if you run away, anytime you look back, you will be you'll be sorrowful. Because you'll be seeing the glory of God. Of it. The glory. Once you've seen glory, it's dangerous to see glory. A lot of time, what wars with people in the world? Why they can't commit to God? is glories that they have seen. Some things. Some people. Some of us. Some things that war with us is some kind of life we were able to see. Maybe growing up. Glory is powerful. Glory is the glory. Glory is the is the is the is the quickener of covenant making. When glory is around, it's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous season to be around glory. You can, you see, hearts begin to make up their mind very quickly about things. Just begin to, ah, oh, say, oh well, I'm not, I'm not considering. Oh, should I be a doctor? You When you, when they bring a glorious doctor around you, <laughs> hey, and they just begin, just their, it all mind will be made up. <laughs> you see that that heart cost will be like nothing. Don't worry, no problem. We are going to, this is, glory is powerful. I get what I'm saying, yeah. glory. So that's why that covenant in the, is covered with glory. It's, it's a, glory is what it makes, it makes, glory makes men agree with difficult things. You see someone say, I has a PhD in astrophysics. Why? Like, why? Why? Something, something talked to him. He saw something. That even in the difficulty of that profession, there's something more powerful than the sleepless nights and all of those things. He will make up his mind, no matter what. I must get this thing. That's the power of glory. That's, so when Satan, when Satan was teach, tempting Jesus, it's not a small thing. He showed them the kingdom of this world. He said, "All of these things, like gift, you—if you bow down, it's not a small temptation toward to Jesus." Praise the Lord. So that's why the, you need to come and cut, take your own side. Every time you say, the, the time the New Testament is opening, it's a chance to come and see glory. You should not come around New Testament and not see something glorious. Allow, allow your heart to be open. To, don't, uh, don't allow your heart to be. Don't allow the gospel to be veiled. Oh, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to them that are lost. Who the God of this world has blinded their mind. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine to them. Glorious, the light of the glorious gospel to shine. God wants the light of the glorious gospel to shine. It should be shining, constantly receiving the, the light of that gospel. Praise the Lord, because that, that glory is powerful. The glory is what keeps you on the path. It's, what, it's not easy to walk the. Is it that narrow? It says, Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. It means, that, means those, there are few who go there. It means the few who go there, they've seen something powerful that majority don't see. Praise the Lord. The Lord will open our eyes to, 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 to these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so it's very clear. I want us to see. Let's read. Look that, James. Let's, James said, Draw nigh to God. Amen. And he will draw nigh to you. So. Then it says, cleanse your hand, ye sinners. So it's very clear that the cleansing of the hand is, um, is and then purify your what your heart, ye double-minded. Praise God. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your heart. Thank you. Praise God. So when, when the hand has been cleansed, the soul now is to transition into a, 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 another ministry, which is the ministry of the purification of what? of the heart. So that, that purification of the heart is the main ministry of, of Zion. That's the, that's the ministry of the mountain of God. Let's see Psalm 24. I think Psalm 24. Let's just stay there and see. It gives more description to... To these things. Amen. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. Uh, it says, the earth is the law, Psalm 24, verse 1. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, you can see, if you go back to James, I'm sorry we're taking you back, but um, in that conversation of James that we just read... He said, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart. You double-minded. Verse 9, be afflicted and mourn and weep. And then let your what? your laughter be, be turned toward, to mourning and your, and your joy. And then humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and you shall what? Lift you of okay. Christ. So, so it's very clear. This other aspect is speaking about the dealings for for the, 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 for the purification of the heart. You can see verse 9 and verse 10. All these are talking about. These are dealings of the holy place. Right? These are more than dealings of separation. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are... That dealings of sanctification. Let's see how Psalm 24 says it. It says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Praise God. For for he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floors. Let's see, verse 3. See the question they are asking. They're asking a question that who shall ascend into the heel of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Those are two questions side by side. They are not the same question. They are not the same question. There is, there is who will ascend into the hill of the Lord? Then who shall stand in his holy place? So those who stand in his holy place are those who have, who have fulfilled the ascension. Do you see that? So, so there are two questions. Who will ascend and who will be able to stand? Now, spiritual education make you understand that who, who will stand is he who has ascended. <laughs> and the reason for ascension is to stand. Because do you, do, you, do you stand on the mountain? You don't stand until you've gotten to the top, right? Before you stand on the top, you were ascending. So you ascend to stand, praise God. So those are two phases. So when, they, when they're asking who shall, who shall is the question. Saying what is the qualification for this part? It's, so who shall, who is the person who will ascend? So when they're asking you who shall ascend, I the ascension is the mountain of Zion, is the mountain of the Lord, is the mountain of sanctification. It's very clear that he who will ascend is he who is separated. And then, who, who will stand is he who has been sanctified. Do you see that? So, so you see those two questions side by side, You now begin to answer it in verse 4, that first, it is he that hath clean hands. First, praise God, comma, and pure heart, before the semicolon. So the answer is clean hand and pure heart. So praise God so he who will ascend who will ascend into the the heel of the Lord is who he who has clean hands and who will stand in his holy place is he who has pure heart Does that make sense so clean hands qualifies the soul to begin the journey of ascension right because that ascension is for People of a certain profession, a soul who is occupied with the things of the earth, can never ascend the hill of Zion. Does that make sense to you? It's not possible. To, when they are teaching, when are trying to teach, no, they are essential messages. When you, when you are able to, you are trying to teach essential message. It's not possible. That message is not compatible with the soul. That has not first gained separation. Who has in switched? It's that you are teaching the things of another profession to a person. Praise the Lord. So he says, I'm he that has clean hand and has what? A what? A pure heart, who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sung deceitfully. So the, the, the journey of ascension, we have to remember the quality or the um, the requirement for Zion in Isaiah 28, he said that for I, I lay in Zion for a foundation, first of all, a stone, right? Then a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, and a sure foundation. And he that believeth shall not what, make haste. He that believeth shall not make haste. Praise God. So, the the foundation, the requirement for climbing Zion is faith. We've been through that. We've seen that Right, That the qualification, so you can see that what actually registers as clean hands is faith. But not just faith, it's not faith for claiming things. It's faith as a profession. It's it's the profession of your faith. You should hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So he's talking about the profession of faith for the promise. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're talking about he who promised. They're introducing you to that Second Corinthians chapter six. The pro, therefore, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filth. Chapter seven, verse one. That's after listing the promises in chapter six. Praise the Lord! And, and, and among the promises, come out from among them and be separate. That's the first promise. So. When you are are dealing with promise, when it comes to the promise of God, the promise of God are for people. Anybody who is below the profession has no business with the promise. The promise is for people who have been able to switch profession and take that profession. So if you hold on to the profession of your faith without without wavering, you must hold on to that profession. For he who promised is faithful. So those to whom who are called into the promise, who are partakers of the promise, have, have the most, there's the first requirement is the is this handling of the profession of faith. That is actually what the school of of, of separation is meant for. The school of separation is to is to bring about the handling of what the profession of what of faith. The handling of the profession of faith. Praise the Lord. So when a soul has handled that profession of faith, then they have a foundation for the journey of Zion. Are you getting what I'm saying? But initially, there's a, there are stages of handling of faith. A separated soul handles, has the profession of faith, but doesn't yet yet handle it without wavering. Praise the Lord. A a soul that has been separated, has been introduced to the profession of, what's the profession? Faith is the profession. It's our faith. The author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. That faith is the profession. Praise the Lord. But first, you handle the profession. But initially, you handle the profession. It's not easy to handle it without wavering. That wavering is a defect of, it's a problem of the soul that has to be dealt with. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, let's see, let's see. And what for wavering is? is double mindedness or you have the ability you have the tendency of stumbling or un- unstable that's chapter 1 of James was speaking used the word unstable talking about stability please the say for a double minded man what was he speaking about when he said i was talking about wisdom for for he who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally and now not. Right, and it shall be given unto him. And but let him ask in that was asking. If it's not faith for prayer, that's not what John was. James was teaching there. Go wow. from chapter one. He was talking about count it all joy. Those are not people. Those are those are <laughs> that James was teaching is, is a is a teaching that chapter one was talking about people who are in the in the in the in the in the profession of Zion. They are in the profession of Zion, one of the the, the skill of Zion is to how to count. Is the is the ability to count joy. How to count it all joy when you are in diverse temptations, diverse temptations. Praise the Lord. Is that is the school of Zion. How do you count? That word count means you have to, one by one, they, are, they, they will be in the temptations to you, one by one. <laughs> Praise God. And you, will be, you must be counting them joy. It's a, it's a, counting it joy. Count it all joy, not some. You must count it all joy when you when I say temptation is not always just temptation to go and fornicate or steal or something. That was when say say divers 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 temptation. See that James chapter one is in fact is the same thing. As please we're going to come back to Psalm. Is it okay? Let's just let's just be a little thorough. That thing is the same. Let's see something there. I think. In Romans chapter 5, you see the same, you see the same attitude there. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, you see, being justified by faith, that we have peace with God through our what? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. Into where this grace, wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So this place is where they've got into a standing, right? This standing position. But he's just telling you the access that this this grace in wherein we stand. There's something we call the grace wherein we stand. This grace wherein we stand is this is the standing of Zion. How many of you believe that? When it's a grace wherein we stand, the grace wherein we stand is called the grace of Christ. A soul that has been able to stand, it's not easy to stand in grace. A soul that stands in grace is who of his fullness as received and grace for grace. The Lord came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. The word was made flesh and dwelt among the We held his glory as of the only begotten, the Father, full of grace. So, fullness of grace. Are you getting what I'm saying? Fullness of grace. Any soul that has found standing in grace has come into fullness of grace. Praise the Lord. Which is what the mountain of Zion is meant to impart to the soul. Praise the Lord. So, So, Christ is the Actually, Christ is the, is the gracious foundation, and our for gracious foundation is the sure foundation, that sure foundation which God will sit upon. It must be a gracious foundation. So it's a, to frame, the reason for spirituality is to raise a stature of grace. When they weigh the soul, how much grace is here? So it, the grace is not too much. Be, the will be failing when it comes to spiritual tasks and Spiritual deeds. Are you getting what I'm saying? Grace is the energy for spiritual life. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Grace is the word, is the energy for spiritual life. So, grace is the power of standing. Mm. That was the revelation of Zechariah, right? The vision of Zechariah, sir. In Zechariah chapter, when they showed the olive tree, when there was a problem with building the house, and then they got to a point, they found that, look, this. There's something with the gracious allocation. There was a fault with grace. There was an issue with the priesthood, his garment and all of that, Satan accusing him. But well, they removed the garment. They solved that problem. But they now found there's, there's, something, there's something with the gracious ministry. There's the gracious ministry. I get what I'm saying. And which is the ministry of the spirit. The purpose of the ministry of the spirit is for the, is for the building of grace. It's for, to raise grace stature. So he showed the image of the of the, the candlestick and all of that and show the flow of how the oil, the golden oil is flowing out of the, the trees, the olives, which are the, the, the most holy stature, which are supplying oil into the, the building of the, of the sanctuary, praise the Lord. And then he, then he brought forth the headstone with shouting, grace, grace, grace to it. That was grace to it. it means that this is the energy of the house. The energy, you can never attain any spiritual stature. They measure spiritual stature in grace quantity. Where grace is missing, that's where your sin is. Mm. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Are you getting what I'm saying? For where sin did abound, then grace did much more. So it means that grace is the only thing that's much more than sin. When you don't have grace, sin will be a king and sin will be reigning. Romans, Mm. the same Romans chapter 5 when you go down a little bit, say those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they are the ones who shall reign in life through the one Christ. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So this, when they're talking about the standing of grace here, what they are talking about is the full stature of Christ, which is to raise that gracious foundation that God will stand upon. Amen. So he says, but, but, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So, I verse 1, make it very clear. is the talking about the position of peace with God, which is the position of acceptability, which is that point, that meeting point, when man has drawn nigh to God, and God has drawn what? Nigh to him. That's the place of peace with God. Praise the Lord. It says, by whom also that we have access by faith. So, it's true faith. So, faith was the access point into this grace wherein what we, we stand and there we then rejoice in hope. So at that place of standing, there's a rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. That glory is talking about is the inward glory, the Shekinah glory. Is the glory that is to be revealed. Do you get what I'm saying? That through the purpose of, the, of grace is for glory. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. <laughs> What I'm saying, does he even interest? Does he excite you? I don't, I don't know. Amen. It's like we don't have the same level of excitement about, this, about these things. Amen. And I'm, I'm controlling my excitement because if I, if, I, if I just, I won't preach anymore. Praise the Lord. Amen. Does grace make you excited? Yes, I, are, you not, are you not happy that there's something else more powerful than sin? Yes. Do, you like, do you like sin's reign? And, and, you know sin is a terror. Is a terrorist. Sin is a terrorist, but thank God for grace. See, for where sin abounded, that grace grace did what? Thank God there's something that can abound much more than grace. Than sin, sorry. Praise the Lord. Father, we bless your name. Amen. So like I was saying that grace is the grace is actually the foundation for God's glory. You can't see God's glory. So that you might be to the praise of the glory of his grace. That's Ephesians chapter one. So it means that grace is what, is what raises a, a person into a standing for to then rejoice in the hope of what? Of the glory of God. Only a gracious man can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Souls that are graceless rejoice in other things. Only because there is no hope. A soul that has been ravaged, all they know is weakness. Such a soul can never hope in the glory of God. Sin has, has dealt with them. They are even afraid of sin. When sin talks, they are quiet. They, I mean, the sins inside of their nature, they have no answer to it. Grace is the only thing that gives answer against sin. Grace is the only thing that can make a man encourage when he sees sin. Without grace, you can never, you are, once sin shows up, you see its strength. Sin, sin sits with strength. Sin is a reigner. It sits as a king. Praise the Lord. He it as what? As a king. Amen. Only grace can unseat the reign of what? Of sin within the soul. Praise the Lord. So, um, so we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. And but not only soul, but we also now is in this place. is also, he's now stepping down. He's now telling you about also. That word also to me is telling me that thank God we have come into a place of hope of the glory of God. But I'm just I'm gonna talk about some other things which we have. There are other there are things behind us that put us in this kind of place. There are attitudes and all kinds of things that we've <laughs> they are our also. All the other the things that we've we've we we've, 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 we've finished, the cause that we finished to bring us into this standing. Is, is that the other attitude of the school which we have been true, to give us a standing in grace. He said that, but, uh, that not only so, but we, we glory in tribulation. That's another thing. Glory in tribulation is not the hope of the glory of God. This is another I, you know, I was saying that each testament is glory. So glory, I'll just tell you something that like glory. is. Glory is the um, glory, glory. Glory is the crown of joy. What The crown joy as a crown. The crown of joy is, is glory. Praise God. So, when you. the Glory is the crown of joy, joy. crown of joy is glory. Glory is the end of a thing. And once anything reaches, once you've reached the glory of a thing, that's the end. You can't move past glory. Did you say that you can't move. Glory is the end. But sometimes, is that for glory to emerge? To to make something like maybe you are, you're perfecting something to make it glorious, you you have to keep removing defects. You keep removing. You get to a point where glory will emerge. Glory is the end. When it you have when you, the glory of a thing is is what, what shines when you you it has reached the best of its state. The 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 best it can be. That thing has a glory. The glory of a thing is the is the clothing upon its its best state. Yes. That's glory. <laughs> I'm, I'm using English to describe things, but I'm sure you are getting a sense of it. That's why the the end of there is a glory which there's a glory which Christ has, the glory of the sanctuary, which must come. I'm not talking about the glory of God now. Yes. I'm talking about the there's it's called it's glory. Which which is present at the appearance of Jesus Christ. First Peter put it that way. Yes, said the trying of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the what appearance of Jesus Christ. Later and I now began to speak about him who having not seen, yet you love, but rejoice. Will believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Do you see that? Joy is talking about, still talking about that trial, that, that Zionic, that sanctification dimension of the soul. That there will be a point where his soul will now come into joy. Joy that cannot be spoken of. That is, when, when the crown of joy appears, it's when... Joy moves beyond speaking. What is glory? Glory is that which cannot be spoken of. They say, it was, uh, describe it. Man. When you say, ah, it was nice, you know that you are not really saying anything. After, you will now stop and say, please, can I just go and show you? Because this thing is unspeakable. You can't, it is, it is glory talks for itself. You, don't, you, can never, you can never talk about glory. You can't say it. You, everything you say will not amount to what you saw. <laughs> if it's glory, nobody can. You can't relay glory. If it's glorious, you must co- come and see it with your own eye. That's why you must look. You look it into the perfect law of liberty. And continue that. looking into that law is to, to see the glory. So you must look by yourself. We cannot tell you. You must look. You must see the glory of the covenant. Every soul must see the glory because you can't be told about it. Do you get what I'm saying? So, it's what you call joy unspeakable that is, that, that is full of glory. When joy... So I said that glory is the crown of what? Of joy. Praise God. But for a soul to come into the The glory of sanctification. Sanctification has its glory. That's the glory of the trying of your faith. You get what I'm saying? For the soul to get to the glory of transfiguration sanctification, you must have counted it all joy. It is the counting of joy. So when they say we glory in tribulation. He's talking about those, glow, to, to, to a point, he's not talking about, uh, well, tribulation, well, God has helped us to cope with it. They are talking about a state, it's a state, There is a state. This is the state, this is the point of, this is the state of the coal upon the altar of the sanctuary. That glow, the glow of the coal, you know, it's not, it's not fire. It is glory that a stone has had. Coal is a stone. When you pass the stone through fire and then you bring, it's no longer in the fire, but it has its glow. There is a glory of sanctification. It's not like the shining glory of the Most Holy. It's the it's a, it's a, it's a glow of the coal. It's, the, it's what appears when something is tried by fire. It now be found unto praise, honor, and then glory. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So this state of glorying in tribulation What results in glory in tribulation is by, you must have counted many things joy. All, you must have counted it all joy. And every time you're able to count it joy, you've taken a step closer to glory. Every time you can can count it joy. Let's see that. Praise God. So here he's talking about the, the, chapter five, praise the Lord. And well, not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now, why do we glory in tribulation? Knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience. And patience experience. And experience what? Hope. Now, this tribulation, this is Romans 5. Praise God. So it's very clear that what they call tribulation here... Is the same thing as the trying of your faith. First Peter 1 calls it, says, causes the trying of your faith. And the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. So in verse 4 of Romans 5, he says, that, or verse 3, sorry, he says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing as the knowledge we have, which is that tribulation worketh patience. Say patience. Yes. Tribulation worketh patience. Now, it says tribulation worketh patience. So, what worketh patience is tribulation. But I said tribulation is the trying of your faith. How do I know that? James chapter 1, v- v- verse 3, says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So, that which worketh patience is what? you can call it tribulation or you can call it the what? The trying of your faith. Praise the Lord. Um, Verse 4 says that, but let patience have a perfect walk that you may be perfect and what? Entire, wanting, nothing. So it's very clear that the the perfect work of patience, which you need to let to occur, is that is the process of sanctification, praise God, which should occur in Zion, praise God. And then verse 5, thou said, if any of you lack wisdom, and this is where I, was, where I was going to, that this wisdom which they lack, they say if you lack here, is not the, the wisdom of the, the spirit of it's not spirit of wisdom and revelation here. It's, it's the wisdom which that school meant to impart. It's not just wisdom and revelation. It is it, when it's and in this journey as tribulation is working patience. It's working patience. You should be checking. What is your lack of wisdom? If you lack wisdom, then keep asking. Keep asking for. For, so that the work will continue. So that patience will have a perfect work. So it's very clear. This, what they call patience here is a summary of things that should result in the attainment of a certain kind of wisdom. Right? Now, when I say wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the principal thing. So the wisdom which sanctification needs to give to the soul or the wisdom of Zion, which Zion imparts to the soul, is the principal thing for the school of God. Yes. Do you see that? Yes, Amen. Is yes, the principal thing for the, the is the principal thing. When you say Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. Have you heard that before? Yes, so when I say Christ, this is who we preach. We preach what uh, we preach in, we preach Christ, who is the wisdom, Christ, who is the power of God. Christ, the wisdom of God, is not the spirit of wisdom and revelation. They are talking about the full image of Christ being a wisdom. So, the wisdom of God is a, is a being, is, a, is an image, is a stature. That when you have been raised to that stature, that, that formation, now when you come into the realm of God, that formation is what, is, is what we call wisdom in God's realm. The spirit of wisdom and understanding cannot make a person understand God. I mean, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, I'm talking about among the seven spirits of Isaiah chapter 11, right? Which is to build up the stature of Christ. That is for the teaching of the nature of Christ. Is to raise up. That's what Paul, um, and Paul was praying about for the Ephesian church, for the Colossian church, so on and so forth. It's a spirit of an activity of the Holy Spirit to build something within a soul. Praise God. But that, what they want to build up is an image which will constitute the principal thing in the realm of God. And you know that wisdom in the Bible is not just talking about the application of knowledge, no. It, wisdom in the Bible means access. That according to scripture, wisdom is just not, a, the Bible says, says it, is the principal thing. If something is the principal thing, the word principal means the first thing. The principal thing is the first thing. is that which comes before all else. That before this there is nothing. If you don't have it, you can never start. It's just, it's just the principal thing. Then in all that getting, get understanding. Because, so, when it comes to this, the scriptural definition of wisdom, wisdom is not just sense. Ah, okay, that's that what... No, no. Wisdom is, is praise the Lord. We wis- say wisdom. 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 In fact, Solomon began to speak at, to wis- about wisdom as a person. Yeah. Devoted a chapter. He said, I, wisdom. He said, By me, kings reign. By me. So, it means that what, what it means that, that king who is being wise is not just something, it is. A, it is an image talking to him that's making him behave say, by me. It's like, a, it's like a person. So the concept of wisdom, the real concept of wisdom in God is an image. It's an image. It's actually a person. And we know that that person is Christ. So when God was, was raising up Christ, God was, it's an image. It's the, the image of access in me. In other words, Christ is the only thing that can access me. If this image is not there, forget about me. Nothing about me can be known. Nothing. This is wisdom. So it means that Christ is the principal thing for God. And I mean the, the stature of Christ, the image of Christ is what? Is the word, the principal thing. It is the wisdom. You see, wisdom and power, they both mean access. Is the power for God? Christ, the wisdom of God. Christ, the what? Power. The power of God. Praise the Lord. So when He said, "If any of you lack what wisdom," so you know you know what I mean. It means if you are lacking in in that stature, then keep asking. Ask of Him. Praise the Lord. Amen. If if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I give it to all men liberally. And upbraided not, which is not partial, right? And it shall be given him. Now, verse 6 is now, is now careful. And it's now giving you the criteria. So, that these askers of wisdom, they must ask in faith. Not wavering, not wavering, but for he that wavereth is like what? A wave of the sea driven what? With the wind and tossed, praise God. Let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and what tossed. For let not that man think that he shall what receive anything of the Lord. Or a double-minded man is unstable in. All his word, his ways. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, what he's saying here: Let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea that is driven with the wind and tossed. So, this wind that is tossed, driven of the wind, means that. The, soul, the soul's faith has not been. So it is not the criteria for this wisdom. It's not just having faith, that you have some faith. It is, you have faith with a qualification that you are not what wavering. Right? And he said that he that that weavers is actually a double-minded man. And such thing makes a person unstable. That word unstable means not sure. Not sure in his ways not sure in his ways faith can make a soul stable in their thought, in your thought but stability in your thought is not enough for God is not enough foundation in your soul for God did I make a sense to you?
0: Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. One, of the, one of the key things to cross from being from the court into the holy place is stability of thought. That is the school of separation. The purpose of the school of separation, like I said, you've taken your profession. It's what you mind now. This, I now mind this thing. That's your profession. That is stability of thought, not, normal, not outward thought. The stability of spiritual thought. It's what, the, it's what makes you separate. It's the school of separation. Is to teach the stability. To, to make the Levite stable around the tabernacle. If they've not gained stability there, you can't talk about priesthood. Right? The, the age of priesthood is 30 years. That 30 years is to gain stability. Even though the priest has been a Levite since he was born, but to become a priest, he must have measured some stability. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a kind. So that stability is, is, the, is the stone that is laid on Zion. That's the first foundation. It's fa- the first foundation. So it's very clear that in Isaiah chapter 28, they are making, if you see, there's also there's a message there. They are giving you a difference between two foundations. The one that is laid first in Zion, which is called a stone. But a tried stone becomes tried, then it becomes precious. A precious cornerstone, then it becomes a sure foundation. So it means that that sure foundation is not what was initially laid. It what was laid initially was tried, became a precious cornerstone before it became a. Sure. So, the sure foundation is a foundation that has stability in thought and in ways. It's difficult to make the ways of a man stable. Somebody can have stability of thought, but not have stability of ways. And when you enter into a spiritual thought realm, things are settled. But when you begin to now watch way, I know ways of a man is difficult to discern. A lot of times it's God it's the, God is the discerner of ways, actually. He's the one who can see. Because ways are generated from way is measured through intent, It's intentions. The intent of a man is ways, really. A man can hide his way. A, a way. The way of a man can be deep inside of him and it's not always simmering even to his thought. God is the one who can check the depth of a man and tamper with ways on the inside. So God doesn't only have problem with man's thought. We are talking of God now, God. God is not just man's thought that is a problem. He said, my problem is that my ways, my thought are not your thoughts, but also my ways too. So as high as the heaven is from the earth, so are both my my thoughts different from your thoughts and also my ways from your will. Are you seeing that? So the man who they call double-minded, this double-minded man is a person who is unstable in his what? Who has instability in his way. So it's very clear that the man who is unstable in his way is a person who doesn't have a pure heart. That purity of the heart is what stabilizes the ways of a man. The cleanness of a man's hand is not enough to stabilize his ways. Do you see that? That is the the purity is higher. Praise God. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? So, this, let's, if in chapter, James chapter 4, thank you, Father, we're almost going. So, let's see that verse 8. You don't see it very clearly in verse 8. It's clearly stated there. That draw nigh to God, James 4 verse 8, and he will draw near toward you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and then purify your heart, ye double-minded. So, what they say to the double-minded is the purification of the heart. What is your purification? Become stable in your ways. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Praise God. As I'm teaching you, i was saying, ah, stability of thought, stability of way. It's hard to. I can guarantee you, for almost everybody, is hard to know. Okay, what is now the stability of my way? If you knew what it was, you wouldn't need to be sitting here. You would have solved the problem a long time ago. You get what I'm saying? Shall I tell you the honest truth? You can never know when your ways are stable. It's not possible. You can never know. You can never know when your ways are stable. He, who checks it? He's called God the mm. judge of all. Mm. That is his job. Mm. He's the only man who can tell, he's the only one who can tell when a man's way has become stable. If you try and check, you will not be able to see. The same way you cannot mark your examination paper. <laughs> You've written everything you know. And, Kai, after writing, there's still some time, you still sit down and think, hey, God.
0: <laughs>
1: you, will now, you will go back again, okay, this is it A or B or is it C? This particular question, you're ah, you not too sure. <laughs> you do your best. So your own job is to, they, they've given you the textbook. They've given you everything. You must study. Study to, study to show yourself approved unto, unto God. A workman that needed not rightly dividing the world. That is your own job. But your job is not, ah, am I, how do you, you can never know can never know, but you know what your job is, is. You must study to show, to show yourself approved. God is the one who will give the approval. He's the one who trieth the reins. The one who, who weighs the heart. He, he put the heart of man in balance. That, that thing called the, that acceptable year of the Lord, is the one who sits to accept. Like the bridegroom that's coming out of his chambers, looking at the, the virgins. He's the one who finds fault with virgin souls. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, so this, so in Psalm, is asking, so okay, who shall? Those are, let's just finish there. Praise God. And then we can pray for today. <clears throat> Amen. I'm sorry if it's fair. Was it a bit technical? I don't know. But I just feel that's the way my the Lord just put it in my heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you feel like maybe these things are superfluous? We don't need to go into all these details. And Is there anybody who feels that way? No? Huh? You're sure? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't I feel blessed too. I feel blessed to know these things. Um, amen. And I know that the Lord wants us to um, <clears throat> the Lord wants us to, to know them and be skilled with in our knowledge. Praise God. Yeah. Of these things. Amen. See, it says the who shall ascend, verse 3 of Psalm 24. It says, Who shall ascend into the heel of the law? Right? And, or who shall stand in his holy place? You know, you know the difference between those two things now. Right? That he who, who is qualified to ascend is who? Then who, who is qualified to stand is who? And who is he that has a pure heart? That, is, that has stability in what? In his ways. Right? Then you know, it's, it's describing more. Of this person, that this person has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor what? Sworn deceitfully. That this person shall receive the blessing from the Lord, now, and then righteousness from what? The God of his salvation. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness for the god of salvation thank you jesus the blessing from the lord is um, is is the blessing is the blessing of the is the blessing of um, is the blessing of the promise of the lord Right. What is the blessing of the promise of the Lord is, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Right, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. That's the blessing of the Lord. Right, that this what they call the blessing of the Lord here is not the blessing of God. It's not the ultimate blessing of God. It's the blessing of lordship. That lordship is the journey of ascension. Right, so there's the blessing which that journey, that, that, that journey is the is blessing upon the mountains of Zion. Psalm 133 three. So says how beautiful and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That is a, a particular, it's a brethren dwelling in unity. Where do you find brethren dwelling in unity? It's, at the, it's the congregation on Zion, right? So, it's, it's, so I'm wondering if three speaking about a particular point, right? They dwell together in unity. That unity is called the unity of the faith, till we all come in the unity of the faith. That is also the place of charity. That dwelling together in unity is, is charity. What kind of charity? It's charity out of a pure heart and of faith and of a good conscience. Charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith on faith. Are you seeing that? So, so that, that place is, is good and pleasant for brethren to, to arrive at that point, for brethren to dwell together in unity. He said, it, It's as the what? It's as the precious ointment upon the head of Aaron, but not at his head point, the one that flowed down. Down to his beards, even down to the skirt of, of this garment, that is the high priestly the oil that flows from the high priestly stature. But when the high the high priest is a, is a being above the mountain, that's his position of his ministry. So where does his oil drop down to? It drops down upon the mountain of his ascension. That is that is Zion. So at that top mountain there are beings who have a standing in that place who receive oil from him. Right, you say for it's as the dew of what? Of Hermon upon, that descended upon the what? So there's a dew is a blessing that descended upon what? The mountain of Zion. For what? There, the Lord commanded what? The blessing. So you see, that is what he called the blessing of the Lord. So the blessing of the Lord is the blessing that comes on people who have attained pure heart, who have ascended into the hill. if not only ascended, they're able to stand in his holy place. Those people will receive the blessing from the Lord. But that that blessing from the Lord is a qualification for something that they've not been able to access before. It is a qualification for to receive blessing from the Lord. But there's another thing, and righteousness from the God of So that righteousness from the God of salvation is not the righteousness that they were learning to get separated and sanctified. It's another righteousness. It is the righteousness which the wisdom which they were asking for is bringing. So the blessing of the Lord qualifies the soul to receive what? Righteousness from who? The God of their what? Salvation. Amen. That receiving of righteousness from the God of their salvation is what what God drawn near to them to bring to them. It's drawing near, because they drew near to him, but he also has to draw near to them. Praise God. And at that point when he comes to them, is an awesome, wonderful season. It's a season that every soul should look forward to. It's a wonderful, beautiful season. The season where a man's way has been perfected. Praise the Lord. Amen. A man's way has been what? Perfect. Has been perfected. Amen. In that season... Is the season of is a season of entrance. The Bible calls it they will minister unto you an abundant entrance. So shall the abundant entrance be ministered unto you into the everlasting Lord, kingdom of all. praise of God. Amen. That everlasting kingdom is the, the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Or is the kingdom of the school of God's own dominion. Praise the Lord. So he says he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Verse six, he's saying that this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy what? Thy face, O what? Jacob. Verse seven, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up. Ye everlasting doors, and who the king of glory shall come in. Praise God. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the what? King of what? Glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is what? The King of glory. Praise God. So, the, uh, the, what is this talking about? This is talking about access into everlasting life. Do you see that? That's, the reason for ascending into the hill of the Lord is for there, there are gates that will not lift up their heads. Gates. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and then be ye lifted up, you everlasting. So everything, anything everlasting will not answer. So everlast, anything everlasting will not respond without purity of heart. Are you getting me? Anything everlasting will not what? Respond without... So, so when, when you're speaking of this gates and all lift up your head all your gates everlasting doors you can see there are different ways to see this scripture it this scripture applies in different ways you can you can see it in terms of maybe the ascension of Jesus even into that realm or anybody you can but it is it is also the when you look at that James he say draw nigh to God God will draw nigh to you that the, the place of, of meeting point is a, is a point of mutual entrance. It's a place of mutual and that's the nature of our upward journey. You draw near to him. So I, I, for you who is ascending, where do you hit the, the everlasting doors? It's when you are able to, you want to cross in, in dealings from the second heaven into the, the, the third heaven or even though it's a tabernacle, you know, crossing from the holy place into the most holy place. So it means that your soul in holiness, in upward journey, will get to a point where you will stand before everlasting doors. Right? And if you don't have, that's, that was the whole question of Psalm. You say, look, who will ascend? Who will get to that place? This is the criteria, man. You must have gotten what purity of heart. Otherwise, those gate, those everlasting doors cannot, will not be lifted up they will not believe. The same thing. The same thing. So, he who who accesses that door, it only that who would they access? is the king of glory. The king of glory shall come in. That king of glory is, the king of glory coming through that door is the, you see, when they, in the parable of the sower, they didn't Tell the, they didn't tell the virgins, when you get to the door, enter a code. This is the code, five, six, seven, press it and then, no, no, no. That door, that door does not open anyhow. It doesn't open anyhow. So, there has to be a meeting. You must have a meeting with the king of Glory. Only the king of glory passes that door. Do you think that you can go with him? Mm. So. Right? That's, you, you see it in, in Solomon. You see the concept that Saul will join you and you have to wait. There's a waiting point before that door. He who, go, who lives within must come out.
0: That's
1: why he comes and he takes virgins with him. But Whoever he is taking must be a candidate of passing through everlasting doors. Do you get that? He must be a what? A candidate of what? Of passing through everlasting doors. It must be a soul that has gained the purity of heart to pass through that door. Let me, let me put it another way that can make you understand it a bit more. Because I said he's still coming. He, you, are, you are ascending. He is also coming. When he is coming, he's coming into your heart at some point, there are, are, are doors everlasting in your heart that can never open if you've not given the king of glory access to that point. The reason for holiness is to, is to allow God to travel deep. There are beings who are racing to travel to the depth of the soul. Satan wants to sit in the temple of God and as God. He's against, every, against God and everything that worship. He also wants to sit there as God, proclaiming that he is God, according to 2 Thessalonians. So, but God of heaven also wants to, he wants to say to your heart, lift up your head, O ye gates, and you everlasting doors, be ye what. that the king of glory shall come. Who is this king of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. That's, that mighty battle is a serious qualification of the most holy. Praise the Lord. Say everlasting.
0: Everlasting.
1: There are everlasting, everlasting, everlasting constructions that have been done in our heart that can never be broken until we are we journey into purity of heart. Praise God. Until we journey into what? Until we journey into purity of heart. That's the that's the standard. It's a great standard, but it's a great standard that is also a great calling that has attached to it wonderful and awesome promises. And so, therefore, having these promises, you have to cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the word, of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the word, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. The Lord will give us help and strength. It's very clear that this is not by power or by might, but he said it's, it's by my spirit. And my spirit saith the Lord. I don't know if anybody's just seen... The beauty I'm seeing in all of this is that there's no part of your journey that is just left to you to figure out. That everything is scripted. Your, your, your upward part is scripted. You just need to believe. Start take your profession, come into stability. Allow them to lay that stone in your heart. Then become a climber of Zion. Don't get discouraged. Don't waver. Because the e that waver is like a sea that is tossed to and fro. Don't be that way. Don't be double-minded. Allow the Lord to heal that aspect of you. Amen. And greater things are waiting for you. In Jesus' name. Just begin to um, pray and talk to the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, can you pray a bit more? Pray well. Don't be weak. Don't be lazy. Don't be tired. Pray as if you're asking God for something. Thank you, Jesus. You can just ask him for clean hands and a pure heart. Ask him for clean hands. It's possible maybe your hands aren't clean yet, you still you are still partaking of professions on the earth, earthly professions, which your, your soul needs to be free from, that begin to ask for help to drop every other profession, every preoccupation of your heart, that you no longer mind earthly things, that help will come to you to, to take, find stability in your separation that the Lord will perfect your separation and begin to also it will work out full sanctification within you. Begin to pray for the purification of your, your thoughts, not just your thoughts, but also even the, in, the intents of your heart. And begin to ask the Lord, that the Lord will not leave you the way you are, but mercy will come to you, grace will come to you. That grace will visit you, that all of these things that, that this world, you're not going to fall short of it. Let's, let's begin to ask. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. I will pray for you.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Revelation is incense. Revelation is prayer point, is incense, Is things you ask God for, for you, I will ask God in the time, in the time when it is clear that He's manifesting this intention, this is not just a message, this is God talking to you, God, God is telling you things about His intention, His future concerning your soul, just begin to ask Him, ask Him, Lord, help me, I need help, I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. Send me mercy. Send me grace. Send me mercy. Send me grace. Send my heart help, Lord. Send me help, Lord. Mara na maso tera baskere O ne pata mata 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 leka bara kale pate O ripaske re para maso re ande branta lubrento zevre ya masukrita Le Fenaka Franta Ventole Prefe de Guerra Le Prasanta Mata Mata Mata, Mantresia Praska Pacapa Creto Goske, Rafana Mahasa, Sonta engre Ota Egresco Takrazosa. Don't let this word go without offering incense. Pray. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Say Lord, this, this revelation, this understanding which you have brought. I want it. I'm asking. I'm raising incense before you. I want you to consider me. Consider my heart. Consider my heart. And bring forth the fulfillment of these things. I know not how. I know not how. I don't have the means, Lord, to rot them. But Lord, mercy can do it. Mercy can do it. Mercy can do Mercy can separate me. Mercy can separate me. Mercy can separate me. Mercy can cause purity of heart, can cause my ways to be purified. Mercy can amend my thought, reshape my heart. I ask for mercy. I ask for mercy. I ask for mercy, Lord. Oh, Reverend Hatha. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we bless your name. We thank you for your heard our prayers. We have prayed to you. We have prayed your own righteousness back. God, these are your righteous thoughts towards us. We ask God you will hear the cry of our heart. And Lord, bring, release the resources of heaven. Lord, to we'll make these things a reality in our own lives. Thank you. Help us to overcome every struggle and every resistance, every limitation. And God. Or supply so much grace and help from heaven to every soul and every person. Lord, thank you, Father. Let this seed, Lord, find root in us and may it bring forth even 30, 60, even a hundredfold in our heart. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you.
0: Between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim shine full. You dwell between the cherubim shine full. You dwell between the cherubim. Shine full.